0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury and Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, time now for Tuesdays with Neil. Sir, welcome back. Always a pleasure.
1: Pleasure's mine as always. Great to be here.
0: Okay, so I'm watching Kansas City Buffalo on Sunday night and Something that I was really taken aback that the CBS broadcast did not bring up. Uh, Because, you know, you're trying to watch a game. I really don't really care what the next-gen stats happen to be. But what did the Kansas City Chiefs do that was so remarkable offensively on Sunday night that they hadn't done consistently this season? They caught the ball, Neil. They didn't have a single drop in the game. When they don't have drops, how good can that offense be?
1: It's you know it, it, it's funny you say that. I was talking with a few people uh, earlier about it. We, we see such a different Chiefs team, and understandably so. They they are kind of forced to make Mahomes uh, play his absolute best in every game uh, that they're going to win. And a large part of that is because they just they don't have the receivers. I mean, yes, Travis Kelsey is the first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll catch the ball, but he's not the player he used to be. In fact, I don't think he's the player that he was in Week One. We've seen him drop off quite a bit. Um, I, I think he's playing more hurt than than what people uh, are are publicly saying. But they don't have any explosion down the field. They they haven't set that up particularly well. Uh, but Mahomes has been consistent in what he's doing, except for the drops. And without those you see a balanced offense that can make plays that can possess the ball and you know they're they're very difficult to stop they're you know they're not playing the high flying style that, that we've kind of come accustomed to with them particularly uh seeing them go through these you know typical uh late january runs to the super bowl but they are an efficient offense they are a very difficult offense to defend and they're getting enough from everywhere else that they need but Mahomes obviously is the the straw that stirs the drink but they're not doing it through big plays um the the fact that they are finding consistent success speaks to what they do have uh at at, among their receiver positions not named uh Travis Kelsey actually holding on to the ball And in a lot of ways, I mean, this this was the subject we were talking about. I really think they would have liked Juju Smith-Schuster on that team this year. Just the the role that he played for them last year, what he set everybody else up to do. They were a better offensive team last year than they were this season. And regardless of how things end with with Kansas City this year, you almost guarantee they're going to be shopping pretty aggressively for for a deep threat receiver uh, this offseason
0: yeah look I mean because financially they moved Tyree Hill. I mean that was that's all about money it's like Robbie gold's not kicking for the San francisco forty ers that's about it's about money uh so that's why they they moved Hill out of there uh but you know Watson had drops in the Philadelphia game Kelsey has been up and down with drops this year uh you know do you bring up Kadarius Tony uh certain things that are obvious and don't need to be talked about um but that, to me, was the whole thing. Like they had in this game, I do not think they had a drop, and suddenly they look like a world-beating offense.
1: Yeah, they're they're able to do the things that they've set up to do, and not to, to bring up Tony too often. But Lord, he he uh, he had a rough year. <laughs> I mean, um, you, you think of a drop down distance, whatever you want to call it, they gain no yards, but it's the yards that they didn't get. And if it's a third down catch, that would have been a first down. That's a possession you just gave away. That's three more downs. That's at least, uh, you know, probably a minute and a half off the clock. That's better field position. Uh, When you have a team that's dropping the ball three times a game, they're really sacrificing a lot. And when you have uh, such a a well-designed and and typically well-executed offense, you're taking a lot off of them. And on top of that, it's not a a bad defense, but it's not a great one either. You don't want to have to rely on them uh, to to hold on um, down seven late in the game. You know, they're they're able to close things out if you can get them a lead uh, in order to, you know, kind of pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. But by and large, the the drops have killed them all season. And drops statistically – you don't want to say they're anomaly per se, but they shouldn't happen as often as they have with Kansas City. That's a real problem, uh, one that just you know typically does not look the way that it does. You, you can get bricks for a game and then you know come back and, and grab everything the next week, but the Chiefs consistently have had people dropping the ball, and that's killed them. You know, I, I think I, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I, I don't think Mahomes, um, his mentality, his demeanor. Which has gotten a lot more uh, uh, angry, a lot more aggressive this season than we've seen him in the past. I I, I don't think he wants to specifically call out his teammates. Instead, he's taking it out on the officials. But right. that kind of frustrates you after a while because it's every single week. And right. you're right, I agree with you. Uh, against Buffalo, they, they they didn't have those. It didn't happen. Um, they were able to hang on and, and beat a, a good, well play, well playing defensive team. Uh, through the fact that they were able to execute and and extend down, extend drives a lot more than they have in the
0: past this season, yeah, I mean, no question. Uh, so now let me ask you about Detroit, Tampa Bay. What did you think of the Ty Bull's decision at thirty one twenty three to go for two instead of one? And we all know what analytics says. That's fine. They, you know they can bully the world. Just it's our opinion.
1: I. Um... I, I don't think he's at fault either way. I can see why you would right. want to do it, but without right. knowing, yep. Um, it, it, really, what what this always comes down to is not statistics themselves. They're going to tell you what the the probability is. Now there are, you know, companies that try to make a profit that want to slant it as versus bad. Not, that's not what the statistics are telling you. They're giving you a, a percentage chance based on everything else that's happened. A, a good coach and a good manager is reviewing probability and seeing if that is enough to, uh, when weighed against what they would have planned, what team they're going against with the personnel they have at that moment because the reality is that the one thing the statistics do not take into account is that actual moment. Has not happened. It can't track and and you know make sense out of that moment. It's just telling you what happened in the past. So you you weigh that versus what you have in front of you. Uh, given you know the, the outcome of the game, uh, the amount of time that's left, what the score would be what the score would be if we don't get it. The percentages say this. That's enough for me to say. You know what? We've got this special package. We worked on this. We haven't shown it all season. They haven't seen it. We feel good about it. We're going to go for it. And you're doing all of that in literally eight seconds. Don't ever take that into account either. You don't have the time to sit and discuss it in a committee. That's right. You get a number. You have to make a decision. You have to go. Um, I don't fault coaches for, for those kinds of things unless it's the black and white you have to in this case. You know that, that's the only sensible thing to do, and that's the difference between one possession possession and two. Uh, if you get it versus don't get it, and there's like a minute left in the game, you obviously have to do that. In, in Bowles's case, I, I don't. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. I, I no. would want to hear from him why they wouldn't have. What was the pregame discussion over these kinds of things? Did they feel they had any type of advantage or disadvantage? Uh, when it comes to their offense uh, in, in goal-line play. Would they have felt a uh, different situation? Would they have tried it? Would he go back and think about it again? Those types of things are, are really more rooted in the heat of the moment as opposed to the 10,000-foot level statistical overview, which is not a, a replacement for a coach. You can't just do right. that. Uh, it depends on the situation that you're in, what you're up against, and what you feel you have working for you.
0: And another, here's here's one for you. Yeah, you're going through an entire day. How have you done in the red zone in this game? Have you had to fight your guts out in the red zone all day? right? You know, uh, Have you actually been scoring actually on big plays where you're like, geez, we've had to fight our guts out in the red zone all day. Let's just take the point for now. We'll figure the other stuff out later. Or, hey, we've been great in the red zone today, and I love because, you know, they've worked on two point plays all week. I love our two point package here. Let's go for it. All those things have to be taken into account when you're making a decision like that, and it just can't be done on cold data.
1: Yeah, just if you're getting the numbers themselves, and we're sitting around, we've talked about it for literally 10 times the amount of time that Todd Bowles had to make that decision. That's right. You make that decision before the game. And it might be, as a head coach, it might be in your mind to make a gut call moment, but probably going with what you have prepared to go for. And that is going to be the result of film review, uh, knowing your personnel, what you would do, what you have worked on, what you would need to work on. And on top of that, oftentimes, I mean, ask any play caller. You know, I I bet Bill O'Brien would say this. You run stuff early in a game to see how another team moves. Right like today. They might not be the same as on film. Something might have happened that you didn't know about. Todd Bowles could have picked up something that said, you know what, this guy isn't moving all that well. He's a key to this play, this package, whatever we're going to do. I don't like it. We're not going to do it. Not going to risk it. Uh, I don't care what the percentage says. Bottom line is we can get a point 96% chance of that and and we're going to need at least one point out of this. Otherwise, we're in real trouble. Um, It's a conservative play. I get that, but sometimes that is the right move. You you need to do that, and it's based on things that Joe Sweatsock uh, with a calculator doesn't understand in in the heat of the moment. And I am not trying to denounce advanced analytics. They absolutely have their purpose, but they are there to help you make a decision. They are not there to make the decision for you, especially if you're talking like 53%. That's not significant, you know. Uh, Knowing, though, what the probability would be uh, helps you along with everything else that you have watched, everything your coaches are telling you, what your players are telling you, your own experience uh, and insight to the game, you put all those things together to make the decision. It's not any one yeah. thing. It's certainly not you know, a, a game of poker where you get all day to sit and analyze the odds and kind of you know, go with what is going to favor you the best in that moment. You need, it, it's it's a, a fluid dynamic. It's not static at all. Guys have to move. What happens if they jump offside or they they fall start um, what happens if they report ineligible you know things like that uh come into play that's that's a part of the dynamic of the decision and you have to have all that stuff ironed out ahead of time and I don't know whether they have a two point play or not that they want to run it you know they they might not at
0: all uh then there's the Lamar Jackson story he'll dominate the weekend phenomenal talent, great runner, very good thrower uh is he the kind of guy that, in evaluating, you can be realistic about? I know you can. I can. But in being realistic about how he plays, do you get criticized for being realistic about it?
1: Um, you do. Big fan of Lamar Jackson for yeah. for a long time. Yep. He's an incredible, incredibly physically talented player, um, is what coaches would say, though a loose thrower his mechanics come loose right um something you know i i I don't know what it's like to live in uh, the body of a a a quick twitch god like lamar jackson yeah i think to an extent sometimes moving so fast his body isn't catching up if that makes any sense yeah Um, he is such an explosive athlete It's hard to keep all that together, and he's constantly throwing on the move, and sometimes his mechanics get messed up. That said, he throws a gorgeous deep pass.
0: Yeah, he does. Um,
1: Not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, but that doesn't mean he's not accurate. There just are better. And overall, I would say that if, if we are comparing him at the absolute top echelon of the game, and these are the criticisms we're having, he must be pretty good.
0: Yeah, he is probably
1: really. why he's about to win his second MVP. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, exactly. he's putting things together in the right way, and the the way that this lines up now, I, I thought well, I would have a better chance of of beating Baltimore than Kansas City will. I, I don't, you know, I I'm not a better, as you know, and it's usually because I'm wrong. But take this with a grain <laughs> of salt. I think Baltimore wins the next two games, eighty to six. I, I don't think anybody left is going to compete with them at all. So. Um, Jackson's going to to end up being you know an all time legendary player after just six seasons in the league, yeah. and we're still going to criticize little things. You know, <laughs> like I don't really know what yeah. you want. Uh, the guy is offense defined today, and he, he's a great player. And Baltimore, like like I said, whatever contract he gets, Baltimore is getting him for for a bargain. Uh, for as explosive as he is, for as difficult as it's going to be to defend him um we we see that every single game because you can't really plan for it you know the closest i've seen probably is is tennessee in the playoffs but they fixed all of that they they have the ability to go over the top uh and not everything for the ravens is you know centered on the middle of the field or running which is what uh tennessee did they loaded up in the middle and then just kind of flushed him to the sideline made him release the ball into to, to bad windows uh, he's he's overcome that. He's a more versatile player now. He's a better passer, and you know that 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 should be the case. You know, in his third year in the league versus in his sixth, uh, he's a much better player now uh, than he was, and he's going to continue to have that success uh, as long as he's got his legs. And that that's not going to last forever, but uh, he's going to have a pretty remarkable career in, in whatever time he's got.
0: Yeah, well, I'll say this: you can tell he's worked hard on his game. He's put in a lot Very of true. a lot of off-season work. The, the best ones are the ones that put in a lot of off-season work. You can tell he's put in a lot of off-season work. It's showing along the way. But
1: the, the funny thing is, with that though, uh, everyone is. He, I, I heard Ryan Clark say this. Just absolutely bashing Brock Purdy. I think that Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy is a second-year quarterback who was taken with the last pick of the draft. Yeah because he didn't hold up his MVP pace, all of a sudden he's a terrible player. Like, okay. could you give these guys a little bit of time to grow? I mean, come I on. Know. You, you really can't have lesser successful starting quarterback profile than Brock Purdy. You just can't. And Lamar, who has taken 800 picks ahead of Purdy in a different draft, but uh, much higher, much bigger investment, he needed some time to grow as a passer. He was like 21 years old when he was drafted. He barely threw. You know, they they, they need time. Let them build. Let them grow. You're going to see good things from talented players who have shown that at the NFL level. They're just not going to be dominant every single game. And this is what you get when when really what we're looking at is a league that has not not long enough of a memory. Statistical overview of looking at Uh, the 80s into the 90s, then starting with Brady and Manning. That ends, and you've got Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is intermixed in that. These are legends. This is not the normal player at all. And Lamar Jackson is making himself a legend in a very short amount of time. It's just we've talked about him as much as we have uh, because of the things that he's doing. And some people choose to look at the the non-perfect parts of the game. You know, I'll just say this: John Harbaugh's is okay with it. I think I think wow. the Ravens are okay with it.
0: Well, the non-perfect parts of the game. Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning were brilliant within the three to four foot circle, but if you flushed them out of it, they they that's where they struggled making plays. Okay, they're two of the greatest of all times. Well, guess what? They had a flaw in their game too. If you rush them straight up the middle in their face. They struggled a little bit more. Why? They're human.
1: Yeah, it I mean, it's, it's pretty, you know, it, it, it's, it's simple. I mean, everyone always says all you have to do with, with Brady is get pressure on him. Okay. Well, you know, he gets around that by yeah. getting rid of the ball in like a second. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's hard to pressure him. That's why he's good. Lamar has the ability to escape and make plays down the field. Yeah. That's what makes him good. Um, just as simple as, you know, well, he's not going to do anything. If you just sack him, like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Can you yeah, do that, though? So he's the MVP of the league because he doesn't take those yeah. plays. He knows how to get out of it. Um, in, in that regard, it's not really any different than Brady. They're both generating offense one way or another, and they're they're polar opposite players. You know, and it, that that's what greatness is. They're continuing to make their offense successful. Whatever it is that they need to do, they do.
0: And for Brock Purdy, my analysis on him has been simple. I feel like as a second-year player, he'll play three games in a row like a first-round pick, and then he plays a game, the fourth game, like a seventh-round pick. So he doesn't have the consistency there yet because he's only started, I don't know, 20-something games in his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, he got knocked out early in the NFC Championship game last year. And the whole offseason, we're talking about, Ray Lance. Yep. You remember that? It was, yep. it was me saying that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Purdy, where he is now, the fact that a national pundit needs to call out the fact that he's no longer a top five quarterback in the league, just oh. makes me laugh. It's like, wow. Okay, well, he's playing with house money here, all right? This, yeah. this could end up being the most valuable draft pick in the last decade trajectory that he's on and he's only going to improve he just played the full season for the first time you know he's got what 27 starts i think something like that uh it's it's remarkable where he's going but yeah you know at the same time he's not like a prototypical prospect that's why he was the last pick of the draft his hands aren't big enough and strong enough to hold on to a stoking wet nfl ball in a torrential downpour so he plays poorly like yeah that's that's a flaw That's one of the things you kind of have to work around or come to accept when your starting quarterback was taken 86th overall or whatever it is.
0: Or build a dome. All right, so, uh, but see, but remember, Neil and I just talk about how things are going, right? We don't do hot takes, and the industry has become hot takes. He's not a top-five quarterback, I say. Okay, that's a hot take. Yeah, so... Thanks for not doing hot takes and just talking football. Appreciate you so much, my good friend.
1: Love talking football. I'm I'm definitely not a hot take guy, but I don't I don't even care what a top five quarterback is. I know that the, the MVP of the league is probably gonna win the Super Bowl and um, it seems that seems balanced to me. That's right. That's that's what football really is.
0: You got it. Neil, thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me guys. We will wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070, WKOK.